welcome back to the Graham and Sophia podcast. Yeehaw! We just watched the Hungarian Grand Prix. I know Charles didn't win that one. Yes, he did not win. Because he wasn't drinking water. The patience of this man is really getting tested, but... Yeah. Yeah, it did sound like he was getting a little bit angry. I think it's not very Charles. (laughs) I think he has a lot of patience, but I think if I was in his position, I would have snapped probably like four races ago. (laughs) Not last last year. year. (laughs) No, four races ago last year. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into the race results. We had Max P1, Lando P2, Checo P3, Lewis P4, Oscar P5, George P6, Charles P7, Carlos P8, Alonzo P9, and Lance P10. That's uh, all the points positions. You know, it's funny. There was a point during the race where it was Red Bull in first and second, McLaren yeah. in third and fourth. Mercedes in fifth and sixth, sixth. Ferrari in seventh and eighth, and then both the Aston Martins in ninth and tenth. And I don't think I've ever actually seen that happen before. I know. I I know. uh, They called it out too. And I was like, wow, that's such an aesthetically pleasing grid. (laughs) It really was. I was going to take a picture of it. And then I, I was like, I was watching my phone for that part of it. So I like, if I, whenever you screenshot from like the phone stream, just shows up as a black screenshot. So I wasn't able to. Oh, they're gatekeeping. Clearly, but it was cool. (laughs) It was very aesthetic. I'm sure, that, I'm sure someone has a picture of it somewhere. Yeah. And if not, they it can did also it. it did also only last for like two laps because two it was like in the middle of like pit stops and stuff. But it was cool. It was cool. I would love for the arrangement of it, the order, to be different, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. So. Of course you are. <laughs> no 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 complaints on my end. You wouldn't put Red so, Bull in the back. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I would just get rid of Red Bull completely. I mean, that would be pretty nice. But uh, okay. for what it was, should... I'm happy with the result. I think we should put uh, Max in like a Haas car or the Williams car and see what happens. He would just, like, he's really good. But if you put any driver, even the best driver in the world in a shitty car, they can only do so much. That's true. But like I bet, I bet if you watch. put Mazepin in Max's car, he would probably win a race. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Maybe not every single race like Max has done, but he would probably win at a least race. one. Yeah. It's just a singular race in the best <laughs> car ever. <laughs> yeah, best best car in F one's entire history now, basically. Yeah, literally. And, and you only have hope that he would win one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Perfect. I'll, so, I'll let him know you said that. <laughs> yeah, you, you got him on speed dial. Yeah. Aspen. <laughs> so what would you rate the race? I would give it a solid 4.5. I think, uh, you know, it was pretty exciting in the beginning. There were some twists and turns, but overall it wasn't one of the best races this season, I would say. Yeah, I think I'm kind of on the same boat. I gave it a five. 
I think that the issue was that after qualifying, everyone had such high hopes that maybe like Lewis would be able to hold off Max and then there'd be yeah. some drama and something would happen. But Max just got first place immediately after turn one. And, uh, and any hope of an exciting race seconds. was... Yeah, and one by 30 <laughs> seconds. So any hope of a, a good race was kind of gone after that. Um, and I mean, after the last two races we have, we had, I would take a five. It's... They can't all be bangers, you know? Agreed, agreed. I guess we're getting greedy, but I mean, it was there was some excitement. I would say it wasn't the most boring race of the season. Um, Everything behind Max was kind of exciting, as it usually (laughs) is. Story of this year. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we should do a quick Constructors standings update. So... Right now, Red Bull has 452 points, so they're like 230 points clear of second place Mercedes at 223. And then you have Aston Martin in third at 184, Ferrari in fourth at 167, McLaren in fifth at 87, Alpine in sixth at 47, Williams and Haas, seventh and eighth, both have 11 points, Alfa Romeo... (laughs) has nine and then Alphatari has two. Oh, perfect. <laughs> you know what's crazy now? Because there's like a top five, like the well, there's Red Bull and then there's a top four behind them. Like yeah. Alpine, Williams, Haas, Alfa Romeo, Alphatari are like barely going to get points, I think, for the rest of the season. I agree. I think it's going to be really difficult for them, but I think the top four or five, whatever you want to count besides Red Bull, I think it's going to shift a lot. I really do think it's going to be a lot more of a nail biter than we probably expected earlier this year. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we thought Aston Martin was going to clearly be the second best team and maybe even eventually fight Red Bull, but they've just kind of dropped off the last four or five races. Uh, I guess since Canada, which is the last time Alonso was on the podium. Yeah, and we kind of talked about this uh, last episode, you know, like what's going on with Aston Martin. Um, And I know you mentioned that their car typically does better on, you know, the track similar to the Hungarian one. And Mm -hmm. my expectations were high. (laughs) It didn't happen. So I think it's kind of like bittersweet because we were also waiting to see how the McLaren would do. Mm -hmm. And that was a pleasant surprise. Yes, it it was. I think something I'm going to be talking about later today is kind of going to give us a little bit more insight on, on what happened with Aston Martin and McLaren and basically like everyone besides Red Bull. Um, but definitely no, a lot of interesting, <laughs> a lot of interesting developments in, you know, everyone besides Red Bull, even Red Bull actually brought an upgrade this weekend that was supposed to give them two tenths, which is crazy that I, I honestly they thought that they that. were just going to be, yeah, yeah, they really need the extra two tenths. Um, <laughs> I actually, I really thought that they were going to be done upgrading for the year and just focus on 2024, but apparently not. Um, I actually had a dream, which is really weird that I had this dream, but I had a dream that the upgrades actually made the Red Bull not be able to even start. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Um, it's good to know that you're you're dreaming about F1. I know that's so embarrassing. (laughs) Someone get me a life. <laughs> Going off of the standings, uh, Red Bull got their 12th consecutive win, which is breaking the or it broke McLaren's record. So I think that was pretty exciting for them and the team. And then 
of course, Max gets his seventh consecutive win. Um, yeah. It's it's truly, like, insane how good they are this year compared to everyone else. Like, yeah. the fact that that record has stood for 30 years despite periods of both, oh, not both, Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes have all had, like, periods of dominance in the past, like, 30 years, yep. and McLaren still held that record until now. I think yeah, that just goes to show how how good Red Bull are and kind of I don't want I don't know if I want to say everyone else dropped the ball, but I just I think really Red Bull just nailed it this year. Agreed. And I think obviously we're all a little bitter that it's just this dominance going on, but I think we have to take a step back and really appreciate that a lot of yeah. hard work goes into it. As much as we want to hate Max um and Red Bull, it's you gotta give him kudos as well. So Yeah. You gotta, actually, gotta give them this year, and hopefully next year it's more exciting. Like let let them have their year, and then that's it. Let's yeah. have like, some good seasons. Hopefully, following this. Yeah, uh, Max can be a three time world champion. Um, yeah. Rumor is he could be world champion as early as the Singapore Grand Prix. So, yep, if coming he, up if he wins every race and gets all like the sprint wins, fastest laps. Singapore is the earliest that he can win, which wouldn't be a record because they used to run much shorter seasons. So yeah, I think they were saying on the the, um, the broadcast that Michael Schumacher won this weekend for one of his first championships, but they ran a much shorter season. So that makes sense. It's, that adds up. Yeah, I think for like modern F one, it would probably be one of the earliest wins for a drivers championship, though. Yeah. Well, good for him. Uh, we all knew this was coming, so. <laughs> yeah. Here's a question. Do you think anyone will beat a Red Bull for a win this season? I think the only way that it would happen is, like, Max has to crash and che- into Checo. I think they both have to <laughs> crash or explode or, like, both of them have engine failures. I just don't think without a freak occurrence that it would happen. That's no kind of what I was thinking until, so I was watching um, Sky F1 post-race and they were talking to Zach Brown and he said something which makes sense now that I think about it, but I didn't really realize it. But like everyone talks about like, oh, when are you going to stop working on this year's car and start working on next year's car? Um, like Red Bull, like I said, they're not bringing any more upgrades besides like track specific right. stuff for this year. And they're just working on 2024. But Zach Brown said that there's not really any changes for the regulations for 2024. So any work you're doing on this car will apply to next year. And he said McLaren okay. is working on another big upgrade for later this season. And then also Lando in a post-race interview said like, yeah, we're really happy. Like P2, P2. And I guess someone asked him like, oh, when's the win coming? And he said, we have some big stuff coming later this year. So, like, I don't know what the actual technical balance is. Like, why is Red Bull kind of not bringing stuff to this car? Unless they're changing, unless they're, my theory is that they're changing their concept. Yeah. And that's why they're not. But it is good to hear that other teams are still working on this year. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to tell, right? It's how good are these upgrades going to be as well is a big question. Like obviously McLaren's last upgrade was 
great, phenomenal, and we saw those results. But I mean, do you think that it could really push them to beat Max? I don't know. I feel like I mean, realistically, like we can see in qual, like qualifying was great. Obviously, Lewis got pole by three thousandth of a second. Lando was within a tenth of pole, and he thinks that he could have got it if he had a cleaner lap. Um, so qualifying is good. I think the everyone like knows that the Red Bull race space is really good, but the real yeah. reason so good is because they don't have tire deg or like really lo- yeah. they have really low tire deg. So if other teams can kind of like figure that yeah. out, then they can at least get closer. Um, it's like on one lap pace, they're not that far off these teams, no, which, is, true. which is good. I think it's just every, think- every team has a lot of the teams have tire deg problems, which is like, you know, the right. biggest thing that Red Bull has an advantage on. I mean, I also don't think they'd be saying those statements if they didn't really know what was coming yeah. either. So I feel like they must be pretty confident in those upgrades yeah. for them to even make a formal statement about that as well. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see someone else win. <laughs> I I think if, like, I know that Mercedes has already said that they're working pretty heavily on next year's car, but sounds like McLaren and like Ferrari might be working on this year's car as well. But um, yeah, I think by the end of the season, we might see someone else win besides Red Bull. But if Red Bull does go the entire season with winning every race, that would be absolutely insane. That would be a record, like that, right? that record will 100% never be beat. Like, no, I what, think, what, what would it be, I think, 23 consecutive wins? I think the best was McLaren winning 15 out of 16. Yeah, I think so. Um, but so. I guess just because we have more races now, yeah, you'd, exactly. have to, I guess you'd have to go by, like, percentage to actually get a real comparison. But I don't it's know. Kinda hard. It's like... hard to compare to, like, old seasons where they just had less yeah. races. Well, we'll see. We'll keep our fingers crossed and yeah. hope that it happens, but we won't hold our breath. Sweet, yeah. I die. So, <laughs> another thing that we should talk about with the constructors is McLaren gonna catch Ferrari, Aston Martin, or Mercedes? So, in the last three races, Lando's gotten 48 points and Oscar's gotten 22 points. Ferrari as a team has gotten 39, and Aston as a team has gotten 21. At, th- at this rate, It'll be like, if if this rate continues, it'll be like six more races until they catch one of them, I think. I think the chances of it are likely, to be honest. Especially, I think yeah. Ferrari is probably... Well, Ferrari is still faster they... than Aston. Their pace isn't there, and their strategy is literally ass-backwards. Everything yeah, they shouldn't do, they do. It's weird because Aston is third in the constructors and Ferrari's fourth, but I think currently Aston is slower than Ferrari. So it could like, they could also switch places before McLaren catches one of them. Um, I think they're going to shift. Yeah. I would love to see Ferrari be Aston. (laughs) I see the fly and I see (laughs) your attention going with it. It's, Um, um i would love to see that and it could happen because i feel like aston has been kind of falling off the grid a little bit and not performing as well but i just think Mm -hmm. ferrari's 
fuck ups are really just accumulating. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like it seems like it's kind of getting to a point where something is going to happen. Like my prediction for this race was that Carlos and and uh, Charles are going to like damage each other. I feel like it's going to, ha- I feel like at some point this season it's going to happen. Uh, I would be shocked if it didn't. <laughs> like, and also even point. recently, I feel like Carlos has been in, like, been getting like kind of in his head, like that he's faster than Charles. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that there's a lot of tension growing between the two, just from like the radios and the strategy and everything. Um, you can just tell Carlos is getting frustrated and he has been for a while because he is ahead of Charles, um, but they're still prioritizing Charles. So I get it. Um, I don't think they would intentionally sabotage themselves, but I mean, it definitely wouldn't be intentional, but I think that (laughs) tempers will boil over and we might see some of that on, on track. I hope it's at Austin where we can see it live. Yeah. I mean, that is close to the end of the season. So maybe that's where we'll see some new race winner. There better be. My hope is that like McLaren catches Aston and Ferrari and then just like doesn't do whatever the last races are. Because I think that they well they do have the second fastest car, at least the last like two, two races. And they look to be strong on all tracks based on this and the last couple my hope is that they get up to the point where like they know that they could get those positions and then they stop because if they get fourth versus like or if they get fifth versus third or fourth they get way more wind tunnel time for next season and my hope is that they just like play the smart game like take the hit on like the prize money and just like get the better development time so that way 2024 they can have like a crazy good car i don't know if they would i don't see yeah i don't know i don't think they would i feel like that's kind of like against what like all these teams no not against the rules but i feel like that's against what all these teams like strive to do they want to do as well as they can but like aston martin was able to make this big of a jump because they finished eighth last year and had like almost double the wind tunnel time as red bull I just don't think Google Chrome would approve of that strategy. <laughs> yeah, Google Chrome might drop them as a sponsor if they finish fifth. <laughs> and then they can't do their Chrome livery anymore. Yeah, which would or be have a the damn Chrome shame. Tires. The Chrome yeah, tires are sick. I love those. I'm a big fan. They're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. Um, I don't think I'll anyone else on the grid has a cooler one. No. How much do you think that costs just to get like the Chrome logo? Um, well, Chrome pays them. They don't pay right. Chrome. I know, but how much do you think that costs? Oh, I don't, probably, I think they're not, well, they're not, like, a, I guess they are a title sponsor, because it's also on, like, their side pod, or yeah. part of it on, like, the engine cover, so, probably, like, 20 million, I don't know. Next Less? episode, let's look into sponsors, and how much money they pay. Yeah, have a sponsor segment? Yeah, let's do that. I'm curious. I need to learn. <laughs> I like that. I would that would be cool to find out how much these teams actually get from sponsors. And then you can see how much it helps. Yeah. And how much it costs and how much money goes into this sport. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. So moving on to predictions review, um, we'll start off with yours. I'll go through them. 
So you predicted Max wins the race. No brainer. Yes. Wow. Got it right. <laughs> Crazy prediction. Um, you had Alonso P2. You had Lando P3. Yeah. And honestly, if we had just combined our predictions. I was going to say, between the two of us, we had the podium. We had the podium. We just weren't thinking together. I wasn't sure whether I put... Checo P2 or P3. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, wow, I got it, but I didn't. Um, anyway, so close. If you had just moved Lando up, you would have yeah. gotten another point. It's all right. I'll take a point. The freebie. Yeah, the freebie, which shouldn't count anymore, but it's fine. He's the free space <laughs> on a bingo board. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then your crazy prediction was Carlos, uh, Carlos and Charles crash damage. And yep. luckily it didn't happen. I think I should just use that as my crazy prediction for every single race because it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen eventually. It probably will. It probably will. Yeah. All right. So, one point for me. Let's move yeah. on to your predictions. Big surprise here. Max P one. So you got a point there. You had Checo P two. So you were close. Like we said, if we combined, we would have had yeah. them just not in the right order. You had yeah. Hamilton P three. Close. And then your crazy prediction, which I wasn't really happy with, but I let you do it, was that Checo would get to Q3, and he did. Barely. P9. Um, well, no, no. He got, I think he was like fifth or sixth in Q2. So he made it to Q3 easily, but well, he, got, yes, he got ninth. I'm saying, overall. like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and honestly, it was a crazy prediction because we saw him crash in FP1. So... <laughs> That's true. I really thought the nerves were getting, to, I think the nerves are getting to him a little bit from uh, the Daniel Ricardo pressure. Yeah. Um, I will say though, he did a great job climbing yep. the grid. Um, great comeback for him, but if he just did better, he wouldn't have to work that hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If only. <laughs> he could have taken probably P2. I think if he had a better start, he would have. Oh yeah. I mean, he finished, I think like four seconds behind Lando. So like if he had, he probably Maybe lost a few laps. Yeah, he probably lost, I don't know, like 10 seconds from starting P9 or something. Like he yeah. I think if he started 5th even, he would have easily been second. Yeah. So yeah, He's so that, just making it harder for himself, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's all fine. No problems there. <laughs> that's two points for me though, and I think that that's me ahead. Yep, so I have 4 points and you have 5 points, so you are up by wow. 1 point right now. That's crazy. Crazy stuff. Feel like a winner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so what was your moment of the race? So it was after the race, but obviously what's been trending all over social media was Lando breaking Max's trophy um, by popping the champagne on the little podium stand. Yep. And... I don't know if you know this, but that trophy costs $45,000 to make. I did see that. And it also takes six months to make. Yeah. Crazy. But yeah. I they think... are insured though. So Lando's in the clear. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. It's the way that he popped the champagne, saw it drop and just continued on. Yeah, he... And then after was like, oh shit. <laughs> no fucks given. And then in the pen, he was like, oh, I think it was Max's fault because he put it too close to the edge. <laughs> Like jokingly, such a, such a gaslighter. Lando's so funny. 
Um, but the reason the reason why it was my favorite part too was just seeing all the like memes and the teams in on it. Like Red Bull yeah. literally posted like at Lando Norris dot dot dot. <laughs> like Max posted it too. So it was just really nice to see the like camaraderie between everyone and like and then in the uh, the when McLaren was doing their team photo with the P two trophy. Zach Brown picked up the P2 trophy and pretended to smash it in front of Lando and Oscar. And there's like a screenshot from when he's doing it. And Oscar and Lando are just looking at each other and like, like they actually thought he was going to do it for a second. It was so funny, but also, I mean, how many trophies does Max have? Yeah, Um. he doesn't need that extra, you know, he's at 44. So maybe Lando did it on purpose so that he would have 43. And then when he gets the next one, he'll be at 45. Because he doesn't, Max did say he doesn't want to be on the same number. Well, 44, the same as Lewis Hamilton's number. Well, he did him a favor. <laughs> yeah, that's it was just two friends just helping each other out. That's just how it goes. They are friends. And one thing to know at this point is just um, like in the post-race interviews, you really do see their friendship come through. Like Max is always defending Lando and you could just see that friendship a little bit deeper as well. You can see that Max is like really proud of him, I think. And yeah. I, I have to admit here, this is where we're diving a little bit deeper into Max for two seconds. Um, I used to obviously not really like Max. I thought he was just like a dick. Like he took risky like risks all the time. A little too aggressive. Like, super aggressive. And then you find out a little bit more about his history and his personal life with like his dad. And then you suddenly have a soft spot for him and you feel for him that like he's just really trying to impress the people in his life and it like humanized him a little bit more for me and I think I was able to appreciate him a little bit more than maybe like a year ago or so um so I think also just seeing his relationship with Charles and Lando it kind of just helps paint that picture a little bit better as well yeah it's kind of funny because I had like the same thought process um with Lewis like when I first started watching, I was like, oh, Lewis is winning all the races, won six, like, uh, yeah, I guess seven of that. Well, nice. No, yeah. At the point I started watching, I think it was six world championships. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, this guy sucks. Like, I hate that he's such yeah. a winner, but now that he's not as no. much of a winner <laughs> and like, I know I found out like more about him and like, you know. I've definitely grown to like him more than I did when I first started watching the sport and have more of an appreciation for him. He is. Yeah, definitely. And And he went through a lot of stuff when he was, when he was younger. Yeah. I, I know some people watch F1 for the race, the sport of it all. I'm definitely one that does appreciate the personal lives of people, just their backgrounds, how they got there. Um, because I think it's lost and forgotten. You know, you get so angry at someone like, oh, you had a shitty race. Like, fuck you. You're so stupid. But it's also like, have you ever done that? Do you know how hard that is? I don't know. I I think it just makes me enjoy the sport a little bit more. And it makes you, like, feel a little yeah. bit more connected. Yeah, I, I agree. If, you, if you're involved, like, slightly more involved and, like, you know, like, the drivers behind the wheels a little bit better, I think it, it definitely makes you more interested in how they do and you know the competition itself for sure and sympathetic yep yeah definitely because they're i mean they've they've all you know 
there's hundreds of like F2, F3 and like younger, like series drivers and only 20 of them get to go to F1 at a yeah. per season. Like they all have gone through a lot to get there. I know. Besides maybe I feel Lance like Stroll. When I... <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, thank you, daddy. Um, so <laughs> what I was going to say though, is like when you explain F1 to people that aren't familiar with it at all, you're like, you know, the NFL, there's, I don't know how many teams don't, I don't care, but on those teams, there's also how many players, like, it's just an insane amount. Like the population's huge. When you think of F1, it's, it's 20 of the world's best drivers. It's so selective. So selective. And it makes it more impressive. And like, even if you're not performing well in F1, which (laughs) we'll get to that too. um, Yeah it's still an accomplishment and it's still impressive because you were at some point, you know, selected for that and, you know, different circumstances call for different reasonings, but super impressive. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what was your, gosh, that was long. What was your moment of the race? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so my moment of the race was at the first round of pit stops Lando was P3, Oscar was P2, and Lewis was P4. I think it was like two or three seconds between each of them. So they were all pretty close. Um, Hamilton pit first. And then McLaren went to pit Lando to try to cover Lewis's because Lando was more at risk than Oscar was because of the gap. And so Lando pits, comes out in front, and then has the greatest outlap of all time. Yeah. Like I looked at the the timing. Uh Lewis's outlap was a one minute forty four. Lando's was a one forty. So four seconds faster on on Lando's outlap. Crazy. They pit Oscar and right as Oscar's coming out of the pit lane, Lando just gets around him. Mm-hmm. And like thank God he did. Um he said it in the post rate, one of the post race interviews or something. But if he didn't, if, well, first of all, if they didn't get past Lewis to start, and then second of all, if he got stuck behind Oscar, Lewis probably would have gotten on the podium instead of yeah. Lando. Yeah. So, and then part of this is like the next lap after they've all pit, uh, I guess Lewis asked what the gap was to the McLarens, and um, he got told that it was. 10 seconds and he's like how the hell did they get 10 seconds on us in like two laps yeah and he was like so shocked i think we all were <laughs> yeah it was it was really impressive i think they uh i mean kind of one of mclaren's weaknesses still despite this upgrade is that they still do have bad tire deg in like hot temperatures yeah um so they got their tires up quickly so they were able to have really good outlaps and build that gap uh, I mean, Lewis at the end of the race only finished, I think, two seconds off of Checo, so six seconds off of Lando. So he definitely pulled some of that gap back uh, as the McLaren's tires went off and his tires were still okay. But yeah, that that whole like exchange of like all the pits that was probably like one of the the most exciting parts of the race. Yeah, I mean, unfortunate race for Lewis, P one and P four, but yeah. We all had hopes. We all had yeah. hopes. Yeah, I mean, Toto, uh, I think, said that he thought they had the second fastest car 
um, in that race. And I think averaging out their race pace, I think Lewis and Lando had the exact same race pace. It oh, really wow. was that start where he lost those positions that basically cost him the podium. Wow. And That's cost tough. you an extra point, I guess, for your predictions too. Because I, I think know. if I think if Lewis had ended up well, I don't know if Checo would have been able to get him, but maybe Lewis would have been on the podium and you could have gotten an extra point there. That's fine. I prefer the podium how it was. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do too. I'm uh, plenty happy with Lando P2. It's first time in his career that he's had back-to-back podiums. Yeah, I saw that. I was so happy for him. I feel yeah. he also, that, like I said, he's probably my second favorite driver. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is the first time in his career that he's actually had a car that seems like it can fight for podiums every week, which is incredible. And it's crazy where, and, like, just where they started is just mind-boggling that this is where they are now. You would think if it's like a whole different season and you can yeah. also see his confidence just skyrocketed in yeah. himself yeah. and his driving. He's got a little it's bit of like swagger on him now. As he should, as he should. Yeah, he's always been like <laughs> quietly confident and like qualifying stuff. And he's like, oh, we did a good qualifying, but the race is going to be shit. Um, yeah. But he's actually having like, yeah, I think we can maybe hold on to the podium position. And like, it's just good to see. Glad he's finally getting a car that's good enough for him. If Ferrari's shitting the bed, I hope Lando's at least, you know, trekking ahead. (laughs) Yeah, so at least least for you, if if Ferrari does the Ferrari thing and Lando does well, you can say it was an okay weekend for you. It was an okay weekend for me. (laughs) But I feel like that's like a good transition into some of the race controversy. Yeah. Yeah, despite um, like quick... not being the most exciting race, I think there was a lot of just stuff that happened that's definitely worth talking about. Yeah, and I think that transition with Ferrari, obviously, not a great weekend for them. Um, I think Charles literally got kicked while he was down, maybe like four or five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they uh, really were beating him while he was dead on the ground. Not only. Not only did he not have water the entire race, which you heard all the drivers saying that it was, like, one of the hottest races of the year so far. And, like, I just can't imagine not being able to have water in those, like, very hot, tiring must have been, like, so dehydrated. He still, like, cracked a smile in one of the post-race interviews, and I was like, oh, like, he's so (laughs) resilient. (laughs) Good good job, Charles. (laughs) Like, hold it together. Um... (laughs) That pit stop for him, what was it, nine seconds? Yeah, 9.3. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? And then, and then, and then, and then, he tries to speed it up a little bit in the pit lane and gets a five-second penalty. Yeah, it was just insult to injury. Um, I think he was like one kilometer per hour over the speed limit entering the pit lane. And yeah. That, uh, that cost him the, a position to, to George. Literally, like... Well, that that was, and the pit stop cost him a position well, to George, yeah. he Realistically, yeah. he probably would have gotten Oscar, I think, if he didn't have that problem. Because Oscar's pace at the end was terrible. Yeah, but... I mean, a lot of what-ifs put, are, like, put into that scenario. Yeah, if only he didn't drive for Ferrari. Yeah, 
if you had a different car maybe <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah so that was one controversy of this past race it really sucks um tough season for us out here but expected yep um another kind of controversial thing was usually when there's two drivers that are back to back they'll give the driver in front the yep. better you know pit strategy um and obviously for McLaren, they decided to pit Lando, who was behind Oscar, and that allowed Lando to get in front, which thank thankfully they did. I don't think that they were predicting right. that Oscar's pace would drop off that bad because he got a little bit of damage and had bad tire management. But I'm sure Oscar probably was not happy to come out of the pits and see Lando flying past him. Um, but the interesting thing is in Silverstone, when... Lando was in front in P2 and Oscar was in P3. They pit Oscar first. So yeah. I really like, but no one talked about it then because Oscar got screwed by the safety car. But if he yeah. hadn't, if, if the safety car hadn't come out and Lando had pit, Oscar would have gotten past Lando. So I think it's yeah. just kind of how McLaren chooses to do stuff. I guess they take the driver that's more at risk from someone else undercutting them and then they do the front driver later. So I, I think it was, it was, Made to be a big deal, but it really wasn't. Yeah. I remember them talking about it on the stream. They're like, oh, like, Oscar's probably pissed. And then they're like, well, nothing's come through his radio. Like, he hasn't said anything. And I was like, "Yeah." I wonder if they're just, like, cre they're trying to stir the pot. They definitely <laughs> are. I mean, that's, they're entertainers first. I think that's definitely right. uh, what they're trying to do. They're drama starters. <laughs> yeah, they are. They, uh, <laughs> literally any little thing. Like, even the team radio, the ones that they show on the broadcasts are all the ones that are going to, like, stir up drama and stuff. Yeah. It's so great. It's like reality television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reality TV while going at 200 miles per hour. Perfect. Sounds literally ideal. No pressure. Also, one side note comment. If I was driving at those speeds racing people, I don't know how they talk in the radios. If someone tried to talk to me while I was doing that, I would be like, please shut up and don't ever talk to me. And I'd be like, I can't respond to you. Yeah, a lot of so, times the drivers will like tell teams like, do not talk to me in the middle of a corner. Like they try to talk only on the straights, but with Hungary, there's only the one straight. So they kind of yeah. just have, the drivers just kind of have to deal with it. And they always, not always, but for the most part, sound so cool, calm, and collected. Like they're just sitting on the couch. They're like, <laughs> unless you're Yuki. <laughs> Well, <laughs> right. Where he just tells tells his race energy and engineer to just shut the fuck up. And that he's would like, be me, oh, though. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, but yeah, sorry. And it's funny we have like there. opposite end where like Oscar, like the most calm person on the radios. Like they when um, Checo got past him, they asked him like, "Oh, did Checo push you off?" He's like, "Yeah, he didn't leave me that much room." And it was like yeah. completely so calm. <laughs> I know that was so wholesome. He's so wholesome. Yeah, gotta... everyone says that he's like very mature for only being like twenty three, and this is being his I'm... first season in F one as well. Yeah, I think. I mean, he's a little bit like you could tell he's a rookie, just in yeah. the sense of like, I don't know, but he is very mature. He's very cool, calm, collected. You don't see him stirring the pot. No, he's he's not the type. <laughs> he's just he's there to drive, and that's it. Yeah, 
With, but I do think his personality is coming out more and more. He's getting more comfortable, I think. Yeah. And, like, like some of the videos that McLaren him. does with him and Lando, they he seems to yeah. be, like, laughing a little bit more and, like, opening up a little yeah. bit more. Um, Which is great I think, to see. I think Lando being friendly definitely is helping as well. It's like Lando's now the big brother, where he's <laughs> yeah, the yeah. brother. Yeah, he's, well, uh, he's transitioning into leader of the team. Woo. Which I guess he kind of was when DR was there, but that's... We'll, we'll not talk about that. Everyone wants to forget DR McLaren. One more race controversy that I want to talk about. There have been reports recently that three teams may have breached the cost cap for 2022. So we saw what happened with Red Bull. They had a fine and then I think like a 5% reduction in the wind tunnel time. Um, the report that I saw was from a French outlet said it was Mercedes Red Bull and Aston Martin were the three teams, but no one, like a lot of people aren't naming the teams. Cause so I think it's very up in the air, which teams it are. If teams have breached the cost cap, they're going to be even more harsh than they were at Red Bull because they've seen that clearly it didn't really do much to Red Bull. Agreed. I think they'll probably come down harder, but curious to see who the teams actually are. Yeah who actually breached it and what happens. Yeah. So there, there are two specific things related to like why teams might've breached it. One is that there's some like loophole where if you're developing like a supercar, you can like somehow use the development of that car and give it back to F1 without, you know, factoring in the cost. So Aston Martin and Red Bull are both working on a supercar. And people have been saying that they might have been kind of using development from that to influence their F1 cars. So that's a no-no if they found are found out to have been doing that. The other one is that Helmut Marco, apparently his salary doesn't come out of the Red Bull cost cap. And he's like technically not part of the management structure, but he's at every single race. And he's clearly part of the management structure for both Red Bull and AlphaTauri. So his salary not being included might put them over the cost cap as well. Oh shit. Yeah. So I think, I think by the end of August or like something like that, we'll find out um, which teams they are, but you know, it's, it's going to be uh, interesting to follow along and see what happens with that. Yeah. I'm curious to see. Huh. Didn't know that. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, definitely uh, something to keep an eye on. Cause like I said, I think whoever is found to breach it for 2022 is going to get a way harsher penalty than Red Bull did. Hopefully it's Red Bull. Sorry, what? <laughs> I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on from that, me starting the pot, uh, stats and nerdy shit. With yeah, so this week we got a cool one. Uh, F1 does this. I don't think they do it every race weekend, but like, you know, multiple times through the season, they'll show during FP1 this uh, 2023 or like whatever year car development. So in this this graph, Red Bull, you can see is the fastest. And then it has every team's like, I think this is based on qualifying. So Ferrari is the second fastest in qualifying, then Mercedes, then McLaren, Alpine, Asimar, Williams, Haas, Alfatari, Alfa Romeo. And it shows basically how, where teams started um, for like their deficit to Red Bull and how they've gotten closer to Red Bull. Um, I think obviously the big one here is oh, wow. that 
0.78 seconds of improvement from McLaren, wow. which is like crazy. Um, the other two notable ones, Williams, I mean, we, we saw that they had that big update. I think it was in Canada and then they were really good in silver wow. in Silverstone. And they like look to be at like the top of that, like back. They're not really back markers. They're all midfielders now, but they're kind of not in the top, but they're kind of close to Alpine right. now what it seemed like recently. Um, the other thing is that Aston Martin has lost time relative to Red Bull. Yeah, I was going to ask that. And Haas. And what? Haas. But I think Aston Martin is the more like shocking one considering where they started. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why you know we're seeing them not do as well is that technically, like if no one had done developments – from the start of the year, Aston Martin would have been good here. But the fact is that every other team has been improving and they relative to Red Bull, whereas uh -huh. they haven't been. So other teams are getting closer to Aston Martin and overtaking Aston Martin. So it's just making Aston look worse. Um, so I think that whatever, I know that they had a big upgrade package, um, I don't know, like four or five races ago, but whatever it was, it didn't seem to really work or give them much pace in general. Um, the other thing is that they have Alpine at the same uh, qualifying gap as Aston Martin. So who knows, maybe even Alpine at some point this season will jump into this next group, mm -hmm. like a uh, top cars, and then we'll have six teams fighting for the top 10 places, like all like pretty close except for Red Bull. But um, yeah, yeah I, I, double I, DNF again. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's actually <laughs> insane. Two two races in a row of double DNFs is absolutely brutal. It really wasn't their fault. It wasn't uh, their fault at all. Just Guan Yu Zhou decided to go bowling. He pulled a, you know, I mean, Bottas is his teammate, so Bottas probably taught him. He taught you know, him. Yeah, he said, you know, watch watch my film from twenty twenty one, and do as I do. <laughs> yes, yeah, and Joe uh, took it to heart, and he he, he hit. Daniel Ricardo mm -hmm. into Ocon into Gasly. Um, yeah. And then both the Alpines retired and somehow DR was fine and he didn't have damage when they would keep going, thankfully, because that would have been a pretty miserable first race back to just get out on lap one. Yeah, but I mean, Daniel Ricardo did great for his first race back. He did. Um, he out-qualified Yuki. Yeah. Um, they had a new, they both had new front wings for this race and Yuki damaged his in FP1. Perfect. Um, so that's just worth noting, but still <laughs> DR did out-qualify Yuki, which Nick DeVries did not do the entire season. Yeah. So that's something. And then despite the damage, well not the damage, the impact on lap one, him having to box for a new wing and running last after, after the first lap. He finished P13 and ahead of Yuki. Yeah. I think he did. He did. Um, I think it was like 48 laps on mediums, which was the longest stint by far of anyone for the entire race, which wow. was insane. Like, I think I the next closest. Yeah. No, well, I mean, yeah, they, they really didn't talk about him too much on the broadcast, no. just besides like qualifying the Senate. Like, oh, he did better than Yuki. Yeah. But it was pretty impressive that he managed to do that. And he was also the one who told the team, we have pace box me so I can get in clean air. And, and that's what they did. And it really yeah. paid off. Um, yeah. I think just that shows 
his experience. And I think that's going to help Alfatari a lot this season. Excited yeah, really, to see him back on the grid. Really I happy to see him back on the grid. And he Yay. seems to have found his mojo a little bit, even though they're in a slow car. But beating Yuki first race back is no mean feat. No, by no means. I think he's got it back. I think the break for him was honestly the best thing that could have happened to him. Yep. I, I just don't think him and McLaren really meshed that well. I think uh goes beyond our knowledge as much as we want to speculate, but I'm really happy yep. to see that he's happy. And we have the personality of the season back. Yeah. Side, side note, Lando and uh Danny Rick flew out together to yes. to the race, which was amazing to see. So happy to uh, see them back together. It literally is like my favorite thing to see them all together hanging out when it's yeah. not like race weekend or just like on the side. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause like when Danny Rick first joined McLaren, like they like talk and they're like, Oh, we don't really have anything in common. And then like, now by he's the time wearing he, Enchante but, merch. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're going to parties together and stuff and flying to the races together. And like by the time Danny and Rick left, like they were really good friends. Um, so yeah, just happy to see, them back together and him specifically back on the grid and and doing well yeah go danny rick let's see how he goes this season and maybe i think speculation is saying that he's hoping for checo's seat in 2025 or 2024 yeah so checo is contracted until the end of 2024 but it's red bull so if checo has a shit second half the season they could boot him and danny rick could get the spot um i mean as of now, assuming they don't get rid of Checo, he's going for the 2025 seat. Yeah, that makes sense. I think uh, Checo's definitely feeling the pressure, but as we saw in this past race, he's able to bring it back. So curious. I think the pressure's on, though. Yeah, definitely. A little bit more than it was before. So Yeah, I don't think uh, Checo's feeling the pressure from Yuki or no. Nick DeVries, but uh, I think with how public this comeback has been and him clearly saying he wants the Red Bull seat, and yep. Horner saying that, yeah, he told us he wants the Red Bull seat. It's definitely putting the pressure on Checo. We shall see. Even Max, actually, in the in one of the like, the pre race interviews, said like, "Oh, I never actually wanted, uh, I never wanted him to leave." Like I referring know. to Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> Max is such a little G. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what we want. He just doesn't express it as much. <laughs> All right, going on to the meme of the week. Start? Sure. So my meme of the week is Checo-centric, the Checo cycle. Um, so it's it's really funny. So at least this season, it's been Checo qualifies shit. He gets out in Q1 or Q2. And he's like, oh, I had a bad qualifying. And then I mean, keep in mind, he's in the fastest car ever in F1. Yeah. Then in the race, he passes all these slower cars and gets to the podium. And mm-hmm. because he qualified poorly and passed all these cars that he should have been ahead to begin with, he gets driver of the day. Yep. Because that makes sense. Yep. And just rinse and repeat. And uh, I think yep. earlier in the season, I think he had like three driver of the day in a row because he kept doing this where he would just <laughs> have a shit quality, pass slower cars, get a podium, driver of the day. Um, Lando was actually in the media pit after the race and like I guess they were showing it on a screen that he got driver of the day and Lando looks he's like what the hell did he get driver of the day for 
Like everyone knows I it's think, like, that's such like a joke way to get driver of the day. I think as Formula One fans, we all have to unite and make sure that it doesn't continuously happen anymore. Um, so yes, Grandma I, just I, I agree. my meme of the week, which I see yep, you looking I at. I just it. opened it up. <laughs> so I obviously just screenshotted it, but. <laughs> this is a good one. I did see this one and it was up. The, it was one of my potentials. It's a good one. So it's Alpine after turn one. And it's a picture of Mick going with done for the day <laughs> with, a, with a big smile on his face. Me like showing people if they can ever see it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, uh, truly fun. been Alpine for the past two races. The double DNS, just, just done for the day. <laughs> yep, done for the day. <laughs> We're like, yay, we don't have to do anything anymore. <laughs> That gave me a good giggle, but also I feel bad for Alpine because it really wasn't yeah. their fault. But yeah, speaking of Alpine, just a side note: uh, Laurent Rossi, who was the Alpine F1 CEO, um, basically got kicked off of his spot, and now he's doing like special projects. Um, but I think that the Alpine board is uh, a little bit upset with how uh, it's been going this season for them, so they they gave him the boot. Define special projects. Yeah, it's the place for. Rejected F1 bosses, I guess. Okay, perfect, perfect. We're all doing special. <laughs> the special project. project is to figure out why you're such a bad boss. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, but earlier in the there. season, earlier in the season, there were comments saying like, "This is unacceptable," and he was like basically like, shitting on like the F1 team and like saying like, "This is we're better than this." And before this McLaren upgrade, I think they would have been happy with this with fifth place, but. Now they're looking like they're going to get sixth at best. So yeah. definitely not good for them. We got to pick it up. Curious to see how the next race goes. Hopefully uh, they can finish. Yeah. So speaking of next race, we are huh? going to Spa and it is a sprint weekend. Wow. So uh, dun, dun, dun. yeah. And it's apparently there's rain in the forecast. So it might be a little bit of a, exciting one hopefully we'll see um hopefully we don't get a repeat of 2021 where there's actually a, no racing that would uh yeah. not be fun the predictions would go to shit <laughs> yeah so what are your predictions for spa okay well i had to switch them up from yours so <sighs> whatever obviously max p1 i okay. did put Checo p2 because it just makes sense. Yeah, like he's got a little bit of confidence sense. building up now. It should make sense. Everything in me wants to put Charles P3, but it's just not happening. I don't, if it does, I'd be so happy to be wrong. But I actually put Oscar P3. All right. You think he's going to get his yeah. first podium? I, I hope so. I think he has the car. I think he could have last race had, you know, the circumstances unfolded a tiny bit differently. Yeah. Um, definitely in Silverstone too if that safety car had exactly. come out he 100% he 100% would have gotten a podium exactly so I feel like he'll be up there I'm manifesting for him okay I like it and what is your wild prediction I'm gonna say there's a crash on lap one all right so are we talking like safety car just any crash or are we talking like crash caused safety car or just just any crash 
Because like, uh, are you saying like, like you're a wheel to wheel contact? It, I think it's got to no, be a crash no. with like I'm someone gonna, DNFing. Yeah. I'd say safety car. Okay, I'll take. Which, like, I'll I'll give yeah. you a little. I'll give you a little bit here. So I'll say crashed causing a DNF or a safety car. So like, okay, if what happens perfect. to Alpines happens again, like yeah. there was no safety car, but they both DNF'd. I'll right. accept that. Yeah, perfect. That's my prediction. All right, I like it. I like it. <laughs> We do need a little bit of excitement. It's been it's been a while without a safety car. I know, and I feel like we're. I mean, we had silver, we had Silverstone, but that wasn't even like because of like a crash. We need Lit- yeah. we need Nicholas Latifi back. <laughs> we need Gotifi. <laughs> Take out Max. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Continuing on, what are yours? So, we actually have the same for the first two spots. I went with yeah. Max P one and Checo P two. Um, Max, obviously, he's going to win. Uh, Checo, I, like I was saying, I think that he's got a little bit of confidence building. Uh, that was an okay-ish qualifying and a decent drive. Um, so I think he's going to keep it going. I think he's going to finish P2. And then I put Lando, P3, three podiums in a row. I think that the McLaren is spas similar to silverstone austria it's like more high speed and they're like the best car in high speed like right up there with red bull so i think that lando's gonna get another podium p3 i won't argue with that i think he could definitely have that right yeah what's what's your crazy prediction so speaking of daniel ricardo my crazy prediction is that he is going to finish in the top 10 and get a point i don't think that's too crazy but i will give that to you I think that if there's some sort of like crash, safety car, something crazy happens, his experience is going to come into play. They're going to do some different strategy from the other teams, and he might be able to fight for P10. Um, I can see that. And uh, yeah, that's that's my crazy prediction. I'm I'm willing it into existence, like you did with Checo crashing. Uh, yeah. You know, a couple or not getting into Q3 a couple races ago. I know. I was so good at predicting those. So. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see, see if goes. I can uh, either even you up on points or overtake you. We'll uh, we'll find out. You might. You might. All right. All right. Now time for the best part of the podcast. Hinge pickup line of the week. So these came um, and I think they go hand in hand together and they go hand in hand with the race. Um, so this one's not that good. Okay. So we're starting because off with it's, a bad one. It's, well, it's weird, but it's relevant. So. Okay. Are you a shoey? Because I would drink you. And then, so that's weird. But then in parentheses, okay. which where the revel- relevance comes in is, mm-hmm. please bring back Danny Rick. I can't live without him. <laughs> so, so that must have been one from, said, from yeah. before it was announced. Exactly. It was probably from like a while ago because I've had this for quite some time and I've been harvesting them. Um, But Justin, here's an announcement to Justin. Your dream came true. (laughs) (laughs) And there Um, was a shoey actually. Lando and Oscar did shoeys after Silverstone. Yeah. Not on the not on the podium, but they did it after the race. So yes, shoeys and Dan and Ricardo are back. They are back. The pickup line overall, one out of ten because. Yeah. Why do you want to drink me? Yeah, that's uh, 
I don't really want to picture that. I don't think that really uh, that really makes sense. That's definitely a, a one out of ten for me as well. Yeah, but this next one. Okay. It's a little, this one it's better a little be a harsh. Ten. <laughs> so hand in hand with the comeback of Daniel Ricardo and the exit of Nick DeVries, this guy says. They call me Nick DeVries in the bedroom because I'm short, or it's short and underperforming. <laughs> okay. Um, not a good pickup line because why would you want to be short and underperforming? But very relevant, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I just think the humor came through on that one, obviously. I don't know. It was just funny. And you know that he's a good sport because he makes fun of himself. Yeah. Honestly, a, I'd give it. What for the mean? relevance and like, that seems like one that's probably original. I'm going to give it like a six, but only because like, it's not like, it's a conversation starter, not like a good pickup line, if that makes sense. Like, which I don't know. I'm giving it a six. That's fair. I would give it a seven just because I okay. thought it was really funny and original. And um, he just, you know, he has a sense of humor. Yeah. So yeah. like, and he, he knows his F1 stuff. This. He does. And this was sent like way before there was even like rumors of Nick mm -hmm. getting kicked off. So, so he saw the underperformance really before yes. everyone else did. That's some true yes. F1 wheel knowledge right there. Exactly. So I would say he, Seven out of ten for that one. Um, we love the self-degradation. Um, keep it up. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that concludes this week's episode. Yeah. So Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple so you guys get updated with all of the podcast episodes as they come out. And make sure to check out our socials on TikTok and Instagram. And Twitter as well. We have a Twitter account now. That's new. Tea. Tea and a thread account if you're into that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's dead. I think that's dead. Yeah, I think, I think it died real quick. <laughs> anyway, thanks, guys. Well, and that's gas. That's gas. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye.